Hi, this is Evan from Epic Psychotherapy with another Epic Podcast. If you're in need of some therapy, um, you can give me a call or a text on 0497 395 341 or just go to my website at epicpsychotherapy.com.au And today's guest is the formidable Old Man Yak. <laughs> you know, so that's Steve. AKA Old Man Yak, you know, music legend around Townsville. Music legend. Yep. Walgaroo boy. Old, old legend. <laughs> yes, Walgaroo boy, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, mm. how's it going? Going really well. Yep. I've had a, did a night shift last night, and um, so I've been home and had my sleep, and I'm, I'm slowly in that, uh, that nice, I'm not yeah. in the first half hour, you know, when you try to wake up, and oh, yeah, it's just, yeah, awful. So I'm about an hour and a half in now since I woke up. Got up at 11.30, so I'm feeling pretty pretty good, mate. I'm nice and relaxed. I had a ride over on my motorbike. Yes. Went and got some nice Indian food for these absolutely beautiful people just up the road here from your place. Oh, they might be a sponsor too. Whoa. <laughs> if I could remember their name. No, but, no, if no, it was something simple, but it wasn't. It was like B, B, it was like two letters, you know, not BC, B, it was something like BI or BK. Something, but um, where are yeah. we? This, this is Douglas, isn't it? This is Douglas. Well, if you're in the Townsville or thereabouts area, there's a lovely Indian store over here at Douglas near Zarafis. Or the BP. Or the BP. Yep, all that's there. And uh, there was a lot less there than what I thought was going to be there. Oh, I should actually set tag. A lot of empty shops. A former colleague of ours, Sammy, because I, I saw that he was um, advertising it or plugging it the other day. That, that Indian place? Mm. Yeah, well. And you know. Well, really nice people. Um, the food's nice. So this is my first time. They even, they even brought me out a, a bowl to taste because I'd never had this before. Mm-hmm. So that I, they even gave me a little free sweet thing. It's probably going to be so full of sugar. Whoa! But anyway. Yeah, yeah. mate, it's good. Thanks for inviting me along. Yeah. But I'm sort of like, um, it's a little bit more formal than what I expected. Not formal. Hmm? Yeah, well, We've done this before, but we're not recording it, so... You know, well, yeah, we do have some pretty pretty good chats. Mm. Not, not on microphone. Hmm. Well, You'll have to be careful what you say. I know. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not going to say anything. Well, hopefully I'm not going to say anything to and from now. Nor, nor will you, but then you don't have to publish it. No, that's true. That is true. Mm. So, how about we just get straight into it? Go for it. What have you done? <laughs> well... Because I was, I was listening to your um, podcast, you know, mm. this, the legendary Old Man Yak and mm. the Old Man Yakin podcast. I don't know about this legendary stuff, but anyway. Um, um, legendary look, in town. It's a, it's, a, it's a mask for a um, dictatorial regime which wants to take over the world. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I don't, I, I say a mask because yeah. we're talking about a virus that, that um, 99.6 or 99.7% of the population will survive. Mm. So it's not we're not we're not talking about something that is um, you know like the the, the Spanish flu, which people tend yep. to, people keep comparing. Yeah, you know? more people than died in the First World War. Well, I have a stat. I have a few stats. Okay, if, go. If, if I'm incorrect, I apologise. But this, as far as I know, these are correct. Um, the Spanish flu took out about 50 million mm-hmm. people. Now, at the time of the Spanish flu, the population of the Earth was about 1.8 billion mm-hmm. and it took out 50 million. Mm. Now we have a population of around 8 billion people, oh excuse me, and um, 
I don't know the figure, but significantly, significantly less people have been affected by this um, virus compared to when you compare. There's not much that there's. You have to you have to wonder why is this being called a pandemic? So let me just uh, let me just um, finish up in that just then by saying that I don't take this as, as a joke, and I certainly don't um, lighten any any person's. Um, you know, passing or whatever due to COVID. Even death is a tragedy. Absolutely, and 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 so this is not talking light of people that have suffered or, or are still suffering. It's definitely a real thing, and, and people, you know, hmm. um, from about from about nineteen just just before the nineteen seventies through to about through to now, the WHO um, have a thing on their site that which says there's something like two hundred seventy thousand people have, have died just from the normal flu. Hmm. Now, every year, thousands die from the flu. Hmm. You know, we, we we don't lock down, we don't shut down the place, we don't you know tell people to wear masks that don't work, and all this sort of stuff. So anyway, that, that's 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 my little COVID thing. Um, I'm, I'm and I'm personally, um, and not worried about it. No, everybody else seems to be. Yeah. Well, most other people, maybe you're not. I don't know. Maybe you're one of the smart ones. All right. So um, maybe he's one of the smart ones. <laughs> not that smart. Ah. But I'd make, um, so you know, if I listen to your um, podcast, Kendon. Yes. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to make um, two points. The state should not be able to compel somebody to take anything to their body that they don't want. Mm-hmm. And especially in the last month, I've become concerned that the government's become um, heavy handed. Mm. Um, with, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that. You know, to me, that, that, that's a form of coercion. And, you know, I'm going to qualify this. I've been fully vaccinated for over six months. You know. Happy. I wonder what was wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, ha- happily did do so. Um, rolled up my sleeve, blah, blah, blah. Accepted whatever. Mm. And that was my choice. And I made it. The second point mm. that's concerning me is... Um, I was speaking to a GP recently, you know, a um, trusted member of the community, let's say. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the, oh, you're laughing. But, <laughs> um, but they were saying mm-hmm. that the uh, College of GPs or APRA has said that if you come out and say anything negative or discouraging mm-hmm. um, about getting your COVID vaccine, mm-hmm. um, there could be disciplinary action towards mm-hmm. you. So. Look, we both work in the health field, and mm-hmm. I, I think doctors deserve the esteem, which often the communities has them held. And sure, ninety-five percent of doctors might be pro pro being vaccinated, even ninety-nine percent. But by trying to silence that one percent, to me, that's really concerning. Mm. It's it's silencing. You know, we might say to this person, "Geez, you're an idiot." you know, for speaking out against COVID. But they should, they're, they're being coerced not to speak. So that's what I'm concerned about is, again, I'm, I'm fully vaccinated, but the rise of sort of government power to sort of silence people or compel people to take stuff into their body that they don't want. Mm. Uh, look, I, so the sensible sort of policy, I think, is 
you to declare a date, and I think that's been December 17. Mm. And you say, look, after this, we're just going to open up. You've got that much time. It'll be up to you. You decide. Mm. But then after that date, whether we're vaccinated or not, we'll just go on life as normal. Because the best argument I've heard about being vaccinated oh gosh, <laughs> is... Um, So the best argument for being vaccinated is that you might not have to spend um, two or three weeks of your life in ICU or being intubated or die. Um, and that, but that's my choice to make. That's an interesting um, comment. I'll, I'll need, where's my paper? Here's your paper. Yeah. Got a paper now. Uh, two things I want to write down. you just say anyway I'm fully vaccinated mm. but I, I don't think it should be the purview of the state to compel oh. anyone to be vaccinated yes well we're agreeing so far so mm. wow. <clears throat> you know a bit about psychology mm. Well, just so people know, I'm actually a social worker, and I have worked in um, mental health, in uh, yes. in corrective services. Um, currently working in um, drug and alcohol rehab. I've worked in with mental health. I've worked. That's where I met Evan. Yeah. Um, here at the Townsville Hospital, and uh, so I've worked at the acute. I've worked at the secure unit. I've worked at um, in mental. I've worked in the CAT team, which is now the ACT team, mm -hmm. I believe. Um, and then I also worked in um, North Ward Community, which I loved. I yeah. loved. They forced me back to. Or well, just, they forced you to paradise. They forced me to go leave, leave there, um, North Ward Community, yeah. and go and work at Acute. Okay. So that was my first taste of Acute, and everybody said, "Oh my goodness, don't go to Acute." Oh my goodness. I spent a year and a half there, and never in my life have I ever had stress relief in my mm. life. Nor have I since, and in, twice in one year. Hmm. Um, I had one week each time with stress leave. It's awful. It is terrible. Oh, and it was, actually, it was actually my esteemed doctor, in his wisdom, the second time I went in, first time was March, the second time was October, he was the one that said to me, my doctor actually said to me, yeah. Steve, he said, your blood pressure is so high, you're on your way to a heart attack, you need to get another job. Get out of where you are. So that was from my doctor. Mm. And that's not the patients, Evan. You you've worked in mental oh. health. You know you know well that the majority of the patients are, j are just people who are struggling through life, yep. tr trying to get trying to get by day by day with this mess that's going on in their head. Oh. You know, it's um, it's the bureaucracy. It's I'm still currently employees, so I can't comment. Oh, but, good, but, but I'm good. Not, I, I'm, not. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not. But, but let's just say I'm not arguing with you. Yeah, well, and and that's you know nodding your head up and down is is mm. very much. I'll just okay. Well, we can edit, edit that bit. <laughs> well, assume but look, most may, may and, and, and most of the nurses and, and the doctors I worked with were, were fine. But a lot, mm -hmm. a lot of it, a lot of my issues actually came from a senior social worker. Mm -hmm. My a lot of my issues didn't even come from the unit. It came from pressure from an actual senior social worker who had her idea of how she thought a social worker should be doing their job instead of leaving me alone to just let me get on with trying to deal with thirty six patients every day. 
Tell me what you really think. Yeah, yeah. No, I won't. <laughs> but um, it was actually a, it was actually another social worker that, that drove me to, to, to all these issues. But in saying that, I've t- two points that I've just written down. So, yeah. Evan, you've, you've quite clearly said that you're fully vaccinated, quite happily fully vaccinated. Yeah. You've been vaccinated for about six months. So what, was why did you choice. do that? But yeah, okay, and you've said that as well. So why okay. Why are you so, promoting and emphasising it's my choice? Well, yeah, it was my choice. What was the coercion? What, what was, well, okay, maybe well, that's well, not the right well, word. I don't think I was coerced. But what, what, what were the circumstances? But, you know, so, so, and these facts are true. Six months ago, we were in the uh, midst of a pandemic, or alleged pandemic. Yeah, that's what we were told. Yeah, that's what we were told. Yeah. So, I'm not someone who generally trusts the government, but I couldn't see a way that the government gained from having people vaccinated. So, in this case, I decided, look, this is the best advice. I'll follow it. Um, you know, look, all my families followed it too. But that was my choice, you know, just to, whether I trusted that advice. Um, you know, look, I volunteered, if required, because, you know, let, let's say March or April a year and a half ago, we didn't know what this thing was going to be. So I volunteered to um, do training, to turn me into an ICU nurse from a mental illness. Into an ICU, yeah, I know. Okay. And probably, probably one of the best arguments to get vaccinated to me <laughs> is, um, if it had it turned out as we feared, I might have been your ICU nurse. That would be a great argument to get vaccinated. Just um, but, you know, I just sort of felt it was potentially my duty. But, you know, it never seemed to turn out as badly as we feared. No. If we're going to get over this, uh, you know, I just think, um, well, it's just about, for me, being a good citizen. Mm. And, yeah, doing my part. Yep. But, you know, so I made an so, yep. a relative, what I considered a formed decision to get vaccinated, and I'm still okay with it. Mm. Um, we still haven't had community transmission into Townsville, so in that respect we've been quite lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have been concerned about some of the draconian sort of measures that the government has mm. used to, uh, yeah, look, that really concerns me. Using to coerce people. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I have basically told... forcing them to to make a decision in their to pain. live their life. Yeah. Go to work and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Or or suffer the consequences. What sort yeah. of a, what, where are we? Are we 1940? Or 1984? Well, exactly. We only just talked. Marie and I were just talking about that this morning. Hmm. Um. <clears throat> so I can tell by what you've just said that you've been following the mainstream propaganda quite well. Alright, fair enough. That's that's just what it sounds to me. And I'm not having to go at you about that. No. Because if that's what you've been watching, and if that's what you've been... Well, that's what you're going to come out with. <clears throat> I haven't been watching it. I stopped watching it a long time ago. And I started doing a lot of research. And I've been, I've been, I've been called so many stupid things because I decided to ask questions and actually search for other um, information. Yep. I, I, I'm seen as the... You know, uh, the idiot. Are you concerned that you're searching for information that sort of confirms what you're, your a priori belief? Um, no. Well, 
That's that's a very good it's a very good point and it's it's pretty much true with everyone. Yeah. So okay. to say no would be a, a not a total lie. But yes, of course I want to read things and find things that go, oh, that's not, that's not that seat, look, look at this, look at this. Mm. And that suits my narrative. But my narrative wasn't really made up. I was looking, I was looking, I was listening to doctors, Dr. Stephen Gundry, you know, a year and a half ago, Stephen Gundry was telling us exactly what this was. He said, it's a flu, it's not, sorry, it's a cold. Mm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a relation to the cold, it comes from SARS, it's a relation to that, yeah. and it's a SARS-2, and it's a cold. Okay, put my hand up so I want to make a point. Oh, I've got your point. <laughs> We're going to bring God into this already. Bird flu. Um, I remember sort of living through then, mm. and we didn't have the response then that we have now. No. And so that difference mm. in, I itself. Find, in itself I find quite mm. interesting. It's like the world didn't shut down then. Sure, there was concern. <clears throat> so this is only 15. You know, what, 20 years ago, it's, we had SARS and bird flu come out probably yeah. within about you know, I, I remember, years of each other. I remember running off to the um, chemist to get my, to buy myself a um, shot of bird flu vaccine, vaccine yeah. and off I went to the doctors to get it mm. because I believed all the stuff. And then I found out later that one of the, one of the big stakeholders of the company <laughs> was the Bush family. Okay. The president... You know, Bush Junior, Bush Senior, they're all, they're all part of ownership of the company that was selling everybody, you know, tell everybody, get everybody fearful, tell everybody they're going to die, we've got this awful disease, but we've got the solution, here's the thing, they're only 20 bucks a shot, but we've got 5 million of them, or 50 million of them, and everyone goes, oh, I've got to get one, I went and got it, it cost me 60 bucks, mm. 60 bucks. Mm, 60 bucks back. <laughs> And then, of course, I found out that information later, Evan. Mm. So my, my point of, what, of the way that I do things now is mm. I, I, just want, I just want some more information than what I'm just mm. getting, through, especially through mainstream. Mm. <clears throat> Those people who get up on TV, they are paid a lot of money just to read the lines that people, other people have put up for them to read. I mean, a lot of money. Fair enough. I found out, I don't know about Australia, but in America, you know, we're talking about people that are earning a million dollars a year to sit there in front of TV and do and do a way worse job than what you and I would ever do. The only problem is we, we don't we have a, the problem with us is that we have good face for radio. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> Although you're a bit of a handsome devil. Well, well, that's one of the advantages of sort of being here um, doing this just purely audio. Because mm, mm. nice old man yank, you had the video, mm. old man yanking. Yep, and, I didn't um, have to hide my baldy head. You didn't have to bite your head. You had your sunglasses on. Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah, if you did, just just on a side note, if you do want to check out old man yakking, you can jump on YouTube. And yeah. Yeah. No. Look, so I really enjoyed myself. your perspective, Kendon. Mm. So. Thank you. Which, which again has sort of led to sort of conversation, you know. Well, I thought we'd, we'd better get COVID out. But first, I'm not well, talking well, to get off COVID. Well, there's so the thing is, there's so many tentacles. Mm. And you've you've raised a few that I've that I've already written written down mm. that I, that I want to discuss, which is. Which actually takes us away from COVID itself, but it's still in the umbrella. Well, well one of the things is Dr. Stephen Gundry. Mm-hmm. He was saying that it's, that this is a cold, mm-hmm. and, and and even though it may be a serious, more serious cold, but but it's no more serious than the first SARS, you know, and all those sort mm-hmm. of things. Like you say, there's been a different reaction from mm-hmm. the world. <sighs> Edit. Um. So, I've written down different agenda. Sure. There is a massive. Do you want my thoughts on this? Of course. My, my thoughts are, and this is where this is where people go. Ah, oh, here we go. Um, 
and that there is there is there is a group of people and we tend to call them the elites the elitists or the demos there's a Bilderberger Bilderberger group I think it's, it's called where there's big leaders from all around yeah, every year every year they get together and they work out how are we going to run the world in the next year mm-hmm. they do this once a year it's the Bilderberger group or something it happens over in Europe whether it's Sweden or where's that Switzerland Switzerland that's that's the one I think we're talking about Mm. and there's some very high profile very rich people don't 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 think that don't think that 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 this world isn't being controlled okay Mm. and and the way things are we are given we are given enough control Evan up until just recently we are given enough control to think that we're in control yeah yep so my, my, my point to push back on this is mm. it assumes a level of competence and ability from our leaders that I'm just not sure they have. Mm. You know, they've got the ability to manipulate the public and all this sort of stuff. Well, I, I, see our, I see the way that our leaders behave is that they're being told to do something. Because you've even said today that a lot of this stuff does not make sense oh yeah sure so so we have very educated people who are leading our country and they're, they're not dummies yet yet they are getting us to do things that make no sense that are not scientific and mm-hmm. they and, and oh well sorry that, that's it's, it's, it's one of my personal not, things is that if everyone wants to get legitimacy they go oh it's scientific mm-hmm. ask the scientists mm-hmm. blah, 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 the scientists the scientists the scientists where who am, no. I, who am I supposed to ask, Evan? Well, tell me. I will go. I will go ask them. Well, we will go on theology, and um, you know, look. A couple of generations ago, it would have been the priests. So, so we so we go on the information and the experts that we have at the time. We have. I have the availability to to, to listen to lots of doctors, lots of scientists, so lots I'm of immunologists. Nurse, you know, yeah, I've, I know. Worked, I've worked with doctors. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure I'd follow them everywhere. Now they're good people, but and we you know, know we and we know, and this is what I have to collate into my information is that not all, not all doctors get it right. No, not all get it wrong. But when, I, when I continually watch a, a massive amounts of doctors who are not allowed to speak out, like you said before, mm-hmm. if they do, they get they, they they will lose their license, which I find concerning. That's extremely concerning. Freedom of speech is bit, people say, "Oh, we're losing our freedoms." I have I have friends about to say, "What freedoms?" And I just go, "You you just." And then I then of course I turn around and I go, "Well, I, I, get, I get a bit of a hint of um, a sheep smell in the room," and and then of course I'm in big trouble because I've called them, you know, sheep. Sheep. Yep. Yeah, but people should be allowed to be sheep if they want to be. <clears throat> it's a very good point, and you're absolutely correct. And if you're and if you're not a sheep and if you're aware of things, you, you should also be, be um, taking some form of responsibility to inform people. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I mean, you're my friend. I know, right? I love you, brother. Yeah, I love you too. So I, I, I want to I wanna help inform you as best I can by my knowledge. What you do with that knowledge yeah. is totally up to you. That's, that's what's totally up to you. But if I've got something to give, to give you, to, to say, hey, check this out or whatever. And if you don't, that's fine. But if you do, then so hopefully... So I'm going to push back on that because I pretty much acknowledge I'm an idiot. And um, 
I just blabber in the corner. And if mm-hmm. I say something occasionally that someone it's worthy of paying attention to, yeah, sure, follow it. But I wouldn't tell you to listen to me. Ever. I wouldn't listen to No, you. that's a good point. And that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. What I'm saying is that listen to the information and the stuff that I have. Yeah. I haven't done this for a while, okay? Yeah. I've, I've t- I said to you when we, before you started the podcast that I have refound my mm-hmm. ability and my right to have inner peace. Great. Okay? And that's where I'm at at the moment, and, I've, and I'm making decisions. And some people would probably raise their eyebrows mm-hmm. at some of my decisions. But like you've just said, we are entitled to make our own decisions. Yeah. You know, regardless of whether you think it's wrong or I think it's right or uh-huh. whatever. From a mental health perspective, mm-hmm. this is something I always struggle with, is that some people make idiot decisions. But, okay, there's some people that make decisions that I consider... You're full of amazing facts, honestly. Idiot decisions. <laughs> but from a mental health perspective, we should allow people to make bad decisions. Um, now, look, I'm the main no, hero. Not- yeah, go for it. Yeah, you know, that's your choice. Not my choice I'd make. But, you know, um... Just be my tongue. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's something I always struggled with, is that we had to sort of be able to tell people what their best life was. And I kind of reject that. I don't know what your best life is. Mm. Your best life is maintaining heroin and making, making up in the bed and you have your own feces and urine yeah you go for that that's your best life well we know it's not but well, that, that might be what that person perceives at the time at the time that's right and that's what I'm sort of but motivated do, but, do, but do you and I know that that's incorrect it's, I don't know mm-hmm. do we, and this is where we get um, stuck in relativity oh. Well, we have to cross the line of someone's choice. If that's someone's choice to live that life, then that's their business. Yeah. All right. But we also have um, in each each one of us has in us what what is what we what we consider uh, a, a good healthy lifestyle. And I would look at someone like that yeah. and they go, "Okay, that's what you choose," and I'm not going to I'm not going to take away your right to choose that lifestyle. But I can also say. From my experience, from yeah. my, that, that, yeah. is, that is very, you know, and so we can say that, Evan. It's okay to say to somebody, you really do need to think about where you're at, you know, with what you're doing with your life. Yeah, but I can't make you think of where, where you're at. No. Well, you can offer people information and, and, and some insight, and hopefully, hopefully a penny will drop somewhere along the line. We know what people are like that, that, are, that are affected by drugs. Yes. Let, let's hope we're talking to somebody who's... As we do. As we do a lot. Yeah. Let's hope we're talking to somebody who wants change, but they're still stuck in that. What pre-contemplative? Yeah, pre or, or maybe even contemplative. Yeah, you know, pre-contemplative is when you really can't do a lot of talking. Yeah, but uh, contemplative no is when people are going. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, sure. I'm still going to go stick a needle in my arm this afternoon, but it's not. I don't really know if this is really where I want to. I'm starting to think about maybe you know my little girl's now five, you know, or something like that, you know, and I want I want to be a good father or a good mother. Yep, and that's where I pick up on. Yeah, exactly. Really? Exactly. Tell, tell me more. Yeah, tell exactly. me more about that. Mm. How, how's your? How, I'd be like, how's your little girl? What, what's what's her name? Yeah. You know, what, um, what's she do? Does she go to school? You know, that sort of thing. Get get them. Get get people involved in, in that. Yeah. You know, that's. A, I'm not. A, I'm not a like. I'm not a. Um, Your basic motivational interview. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so, bring it bring it around. I I don't like telling people what to do, but I, no. like, I like bring it around so people are telling themselves what they should be doing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and that's, I 
think that's kind of the trick of what we do. Yeah. Is we want people to own their own stuff. One one thing that I have faith in is that people are aware of their own hierarchies. Hierarchies, yeah. Hierarchies. So let me explain this. So, you know, it's the old sort of cartoons that we sort of grew up with. You know, so, so the devil on one shoulder, the angel on another shoulder. Yep. And um, one's whispering here one thing, one's whispering here the other thing. Mm. Makes sense to us because we, we know this. So how I explain this to people is I'm on the side of the angel. You know, the, the devil that's going to tell you, you know, you know, you know when the devil's listening to you, and as you hear it, we're getting more metaphysical. Mm. Um, you kind of know that. But I'm on the, you know, I'm on the side of the angel. I want you to be your best self, whatever that is for you. So, you know, so, you know, if you're going to be a canine heroine, I'm not going to stop you. You know, but when you're ready to make that change, yes, I'm really hello. Here I am. Yes, there's no place I'd rather be than beside. That's right. When they've come to that point. That's, and I've said that to many people, um, Evan, I've worked in I've worked in the criminal system yeah. where I've, I've, I've worked with a lot of um, men that are in their 30s that have spent since pretty much since they were 14 yeah. in jail. Yeah. And now they're in their mid-30s and one of, the, one of the things I've heard more than any other thing from men in that age group that are, that are on parole or whatever is, I've had a gut full of this. Yeah. I, I need to stop. I need to change. I can't keep doing this. My child, my, I've got a kid who's 14. He does, I don't even know him. Or no, no, all that you know, and then then I go right. Yes, now this is the moment. Now, as we say to them, I say yeah. now we can start working. Mm. We can we we yes. not me yeah. we, we together. Yes. Let's Absolutely. let's look at what you want. I'm, I'm not telling what to do either. Yeah, I want to know what they want. Yeah, and how can we make that happen? How can I be a part of helping that person? How can I facilitate with resources and stuff that yeah. a lot of people don't have? Yes, so well. That's how I see it. As a social worker. So I used to get into this argument with um, other social workers that, um, oh, look, you know about Centrelink, you know about social services. But when a person's got moved from um, pre-contemplated to contemplated, mm. that's the sort of stuff they need. They need to know what supports are out there for them. You know, how, how can they drag themselves out of the gutter, let's say? That's exactly right. Um, that's, you know what they the need? the great role of a social worker. I'll tell you what they need. What everybody needs. Yeah. Yes. Hope. Hope. Yeah. Yeah. You yes. know what? I got that from a movie called The Enemy of the State. Mm-hmm. Oh no, no, it's Enemy at the Gates. Mm-hmm. It's based on a true story. That thing's annoying me. It's based on a true story um, about a guy called Vasily. I think his name is. He's a Russian sniper, mm-hmm. and he's just a kid who grew up out in the, in the snow with his dad, and they used to hunt. Mm-hmm. And he became, and he was a very good shot. He grew up to be, you know, his dad taught him how to shoot. And, and so when he went into the army um, for the Russia, fighting, fighting um, the Germans at Stalingrad. Mm-hmm. And it's a great story. I love it. Some great actors. And Ed Harris is in it. Um, Ron Pullman. P- P- uh, oh, yeah, I'm just trying to think of his, his proper last, his last name. But yeah, some, some great actors. Jude, Jude Law plays Vasily. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the Fines brothers. So yeah, and the Bob Hoskins. This is great. Anyway, look, look, let's cut to the chase in, in, in the sense of there's a scene in the movie where Bob Hoskins is a, uh, like a general in the Russian mm-hmm. army and he's got all the, all the reporters. See, this is the importance. That we, can, we can relate this to COVID. We can relate this to what's going on with us. Is, is 
is what we tell he said we need to give our soldiers something uh, we, yeah, what, what yeah. can we give them what can we give them yes. help me you're, you're the reporter people and he's, and he's all this pressure's put on hmm. they're all sitting there they're peeing their pants you know like they're seriously like because Stalin's just, the boss well he's well this wasn't Stalin yeah this, but this was but, 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 but above, that, above him above was Stalin, Stalin the, the boss. boss I think he called him the boss or something yeah. and, um, and these guys are shitting themselves you know because they, they, they got nothing Anyway, this, this actor finds or feigns, whatever his name is, he's sitting there and you can see he wants to say something. He's looking around at the others and he says, give them hope. Yeah. And because this general stops in his tracks, turns around and says, who said that? Because everyone goes, him, 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 him. And he walked up and he went, yes, hope. Sorry about my theatrics. I'm a musical theatre person. Um, <laughs> but uh, you can't see that. <laughs> but, um, that. But that's the truth, Evan. Is when people come to that point where they, okay, I want to do something, but I have no idea how. Yeah. Okay, well, let's, well what do you want to do? Okay, let's, let's see what we can do to help. And, and, and then they can start to see a little light. Mm. You know, yeah, a little tiny light. It's, oh, one, oh, it's one step at a time. You know, a friend of mine who I've worked with for a few years, I won't say, I won't mention his, I won't mention names, but his name's Jason. <laughs> no, 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 that's okay. His name's Jason. Yeah. But he, he, we, we, when we did groups um, working at um, a particular place, Mm. Um, we would do groups, and you're great. And one, yeah. And one of the things that he would say is the one percent every day. One mm. percent every day. That's what you look so for. That's all it is. If you can, if you can look to improve yourself, or to improve your situation, or to, or to put something in place, that's one percent positive thing every day. So you look back in six months' time, you've you've improved a lot. Mm. You might not think it at the time because it's just one percent every day. And that's the power of compound. And it's very, very, very. Um, a lot of uh, clients um, remember that and mention it, mm. you know, because it's, we're not saying you've got to do this and it's just, you know, and you've got to change this and do that. And, and people sit there and go, uh, well, I'm just going to go, <laughs> where's, where's my next hit? You know, mm. instead we, we work on, on, on little things that they want. So anyway, yes. but um, I just wanted to mention that there is a definitely a different agenda going on. And I, um, in, in regards to uh, why are you asking the question, why is it, what's the difference between now and when the bird flew and all that sort of stuff? The world's just really different. The way that the politicians are reacting and, the, and even, our, even our doctors and scientists and stuff are all sort of like, like you said, they're, they're, some of them are scared to even say anything against it, so they just go along with them because they've also got a family to feed, mm. you know? And so we're all being put, we've all been put in this situation, okay? And, um, and people say choice, there's no choice. Not, not, not in the true sense of the word. One choice is that you suffer. The other choice is that you'll, you'll be given, you will give you some freedoms. That number one, that's not even freedom. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so there's a lot going on. And I do believe that, and I've heard about this stuff not just in the last two years. With my background in, in, my, in my religious type, I don't like that word, but I'll use it because most people will understand what I'm talking about. Um, sort of circles. This is something that's been I've been studying and looking at for decades. Qualifications. Steve is a proud Christian, and I respect him and love him for it. That's good. I don't like the word proud, but anyway, I'm a yes. humble, humble Christian. No, that, that's I'm a humble person. I'm not a proud person. Do you remember that um, moment in the Devil's Advocate, right at the end of the movie? It's a good movie. It's a great movie. Um, so, is it Jude Laws? No, Keanu Reeves. Keanu argues, you know, says, look, I cannot defend this man because he's obviously guilty, you know, and they go out of the lobby and there's a potential he can be disbarred and then a reporter comes along and says, 
a, a um, lawyer with a conscience. It's a great story. We'll stop <laughs> you being disbarred. And he goes, oh, yeah. You know, I look, I can escape this. Yeah. And Keanu Creeves' character sort of wanders off. And then the um, reporter morphs into Al Pacino's character, who is the devil. That's right. Pride is my favourite yeah. sin. Yep. Yep. I well, if you, if, if you, yeah, well, pride, pride is, um, I've heard a couple of different things recently, but pride is, is uh, what Satan is, um, what about it? Oh, don't worry. What, what, what? Oh, <laughs> oh sneezes, mate. It's the air con. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, yeah, the, the devil's advocate, there's a, there's a part in that movie where and this is and this uh, again from a movie it's funny hey from, because oh, that's a there are some incredibly incredibly uh, amounts of, of knowledge and, and wealth of stuff that you can really gain yeah, from a from a from a good movie you know with some art. of the dialogue is incredible now Keanu Keanu is is the devil's advocate yes. and the devil is is Al Pacino and yes. they're having a conversation and Al Pacino let's just say the devil the devil says to his apprentice what's the worst Vice. Hmm. Now I'm going to ask you, Evan, being that you're my putter one. <laughs> what is the worst vice? Right. Pride. Yeah. Think. Think of the word. Think of. Think of a word and vice at the end of it. What is the worst vice? Vice is advice. Yes. I've used that so many times yes. in my practice. Because Keanu Reeves is, is looking, he's, and you can see him thinking, is it is the worst voice? Is it alcohol? Is it sex? Is it, is it uh, you know, yeah. and, and, and El Pacino, uh, the devil turns around and puts him out of his misery and says, the worst vice it's is advice. advice. Yep. So one thing that I've ne- I, I always claim, and I say this to people, I say, I'm not here to give you advice. You yep. don't want to know what I think you should yep. be doing. I want to know what you want to be doing. Bingo. So you tell me what you want to do, and then I'll ascertain with yeah. the resources that I've got at my at my hands or knowing having a network of of community you know or, um, services of services mm-hmm. in the community and what can we do hey, let's let's make your things yeah. work so anyway we've, we've you, covered that well pretty much you know my thoughts on that as well yeah so that was from that movie though that was good um oh, it was a powerful movie look yeah I have to watch it again because I always I forget so many things in movies. Well, you know, in the beginning of the movie, you think this is just some form of legal drama, mm. you know. And then you get to that scene where the wife and her, and the associates go shopping, and suddenly there's all these little funny things happening with a woman, and you're like, "This is halfway through the movie, and you're thinking, what's this? Yeah, what's this all about? Yeah, yeah." And then you really start paying attention. Mm. And yeah, look, it's a, it's a great. Oh, well, we're recommending. We're re- recommending the Devil's yeah. Advocate, um, Enemy at the Gates. <laughs> yeah. these, these are good movies. Mm. Good movies um, based on true stories. I mean, I don't know about the Devil's well, Advocate, no, but, but Enemy at the Gates is based on a true story. But from a conceptual movie, in regards to mm. looking at um, God, the Devil, mm. Sin. Um, Fantastic. Fantastic. So, 1%, we've done that. Different agenda. There's definitely a different agenda going on in the world today. And, well, there's um, always it's, many agendas. What, what's, what's more powerful than money? What's more powerful than money? 
don't know. I don't think money's that powerful. It's just a tool. Yes, it's a no. tool. Well, what's, what's the most powerful tool besides more than money? Propaganda. Mm-hmm. Propaganda speech. is a form of? It's speech. Yeah, but what's its, what's its purpose? To manipulate. Yes. All right. We're on the right track. The big C word. More, more. That's what when you've got a trillion, trillion, trillion dollars. Yeah, manipulate. What, what do you want more than you? You don't need money. Yeah, control. No, no, no. But, you, but the, the, it's true. This isn't. This isn't for yeah, you. No. This isn't for you to debate. Oh, this oh, is a fact. This is a fact. Yeah, okay. but I'm, not, I'm not sure Bill Gates wants to actually control the world. I'm just going to completely dismiss that comment. All right, fair enough. Honestly, the, the guy is an absolute control freak. He's caused more harm, especially in places like India and Africa, with his testing vaccines and stuff than what, than um, especially his polio one in India. They mm-hmm. actually booted him out of the country okay. because of the of well, there was about seven girls died, and there was a, a numerous amount that were getting sick, and mm-hmm. some with polio. Well, probably they were all with polio. I don't know, but we're talking hundreds. And they and they said the Indian government said you need to get this and get it. we don't want you here. Um, now, whether, whether, whether that means he's a bad person or not, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. I don't so. know a lot about and, and this is why this is why I do believe we need to be careful, and I need to be careful, because I don't know the guy from Borough hmm. Okay, but I do remember seeing him from his own words, where, doing a TED presentation, where he said, if we get vaccines right, mm-hmm. we can reduce the population of the world by 10 to 15%. And then he went on into something else, and we're all sitting there going, and then people... The thing that I was watching, they replayed it over and over. If we get the vaccines done right, we can reduce the population by 10 to 15 percent. And we're just sitting there going, "What the hell?" The man, the the man who wants to save everybody with his vaccines is also the one that's saying we have too many people in the world. Mm-hmm. Work that out. So you just weigh that up. Which one is he, or is he, or is he both? I don't know. No, well, it's it's tricky when you've got someone who's trying to save everybody in the world, well, but at the other time you're saying we have too many people. So, okay. Here's something I do know. That um, the more educated woman, woman become, basically, and the more options and freedoms that women have, the less children they have. Hmm. So, no, I, 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 and the opportunities. Did you say opportunities? Well, yeah, you know, I've got because um, I, I was only just watching a thing in uh, India just mm. recently, and and how the women get treated over there, and, and the girls, they're basically raised for one thing. And what would that be, Steve? Well, to be married off. Yeah. Okay. And they're, they're basically they're not given the same. You know, they're just not they're just not treated the same as, as the men. And they even talked about this awful, awful practice. It's just horrendous of um, honour killings, where where we're not talking about just walking up to somebody and we're talking about burning people to death. Yeah. They burn them. Yeah. And a lot of it has to do with the dowry. If you don't have enough dowry to give to the give to the family of the man, mm. you can find yourself in a lot of trouble. Same. Oh, it's just it was just so sad. So when you're you're talking about. Oh, education I've, and stuff like that. I hear you. I hear you. Well, I've never got that, and um, you know, again, it's relatively. Um, but you know, we are two, you know, white privileged males. Yeah, well, we're white um, European or economically independent um, 
from a democracy. You know, that's a weird sort of statement. No, um, no, but one of my things, mm. you know, there used to be this sort of thing, uh, act local, think global. Mm. Um, see, mm. I'm not sure I'm comfortable thinking global anymore. Mm. I'm okay. like, act, we've act, had a paradigm shift. Yeah, mm. act local, think global. Because okay, no matter what that's I do, big, that's a big change for Evan, by the way. Yeah, no matter what I do, I cannot have a global influence. But I can have a local influence. Mm-hmm. So you know, starting for myself, mm-hmm. you know, trying to make myself the best person I can possibly be, and then try and you know, go to my family, my friends, tr- tr- try and make their environments the best they can be. And then work out from there. Mm. But I'm not sure of the wisdom of trying to um, have a global consciousness, let's say. No, leave that for the Prime Ministers, the, um, and, and I'll kind of follow the rules. You know, look, look I'll, I'll act in good faith and, in the hope that you guys are actually working um, for the best of level that you're at. You have a way higher, higher amount of faith in, in the system than what I do. Well, what else are you going to do? No, that's true. That's a very good point, what you just said. Sometimes, sometimes, what else can I do? Yeah. You know? If, if it's either bash my head against of the wall or go with what is, is you know, so either way can be... Yeah, well... But, you know, choose one. You can get angry at um, the politicians, mm. but, you know, how's that going to improve your life? Mm. I'm, I'm not that powerful. I can't just decide stuff. So, you know, still no. But if you're going to stick to, you know, changing at a lo- at a very at local, a local, level. Yeah, local but, level, then. But hopefully, it has its own effects. Mm, mm. That's right. You know, you know the starfish effect. Yeah. 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 And I like your idea of what you said, starting with yourself. Yes. Gandhi said, "Be the change." Yes. You know, well, I, I think I think that's important, and we need to be examples. One thing about becoming a parent that had the effect on me was I couldn't be an arsehole anymore because my kids had said, you know, look, well, sorry, yeah, I'll qualify that. I'm still an arsehole. I was just going to say you failed. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still an arsehole on occasion, but I'm a, a lot more conscious of who I am and the effects that it could have on other people, and, and that's been an effect of parenthood for me. No. There's nothing like an enlightened man who knows he's an asshole, but is trying to work with him not being such yes, as yes, an well, because you're aware. It's yes. it's people who go, I'm not an asshole, and then they treat you like an asshole. Yeah, you know, they, they act like an asshole, but they well, but they have no no cognitive insight at all. When you've got somebody who understands who they are, yes, a process of working through that begins or can begin. Well, I've got, I've got the potential. <clears throat> yeah, like this is the. Um, Jordan Peterson sort of thing is. Oh, JP. Yes, I, I, I like that man. Yes, you know, I put, mm. Do you remember I put you on to him? Was it you that put me on to it? Yeah. Was it you? He said the biblical lectures. Right, and I sent you the link. This was about two or three years ago. Yeah, well, that might be about right. Because I come across him somehow. Yeah, and I was must like, have been, Steve, I have been you really like this. Mm. No, I do. I think I do remember that now. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But because you know when you're I, my I can age, see you know, not so good, you know. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I conceptualise myself, I'm a monster. I've got the potential to be really, really horrible. 
But we all do. Well, I'm not sure some people do. You know, there's a difference between weak and being meek. Mm, yeah, okay. Okay, you know, there are some weak men out there. You know, that they, they could never be a monster. That they, they could never like, hurt another person. Uh, I don't know. I'm struggling with this one. All right, all right. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm listening, I'm listening. I just think that, that it de- depends on what we define as a monster. Well, you know, people, all people got, can be monsters. It's just the definition of what, what it is that. Well, I've got no doubt I could have been a guard at Auschwitz. You know. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 I, well, that's where the propaganda Yeah, I, I, I'm often happy enough to follow the hierarchy. So. So, what about your own individual conscience? Yeah. Look. I remember it's watching. It's there. Sorry if, I, if, if it seems like I'm cutting you off, because I mm. am. Um, there's, there's a photo of a, you know, I think it's a Korean um, military parade. Yep. It's well, Asian. Uh, Let's just say it's, it's Asian anyway. Okay. okay. I think it's Korean, but there's a, this classic photo of a guy in line with his, with, oh, his yes. with, with tears yep. running down his face. You know, and I just thought that just says a thousand words, you know, like here are these people that we don't, we, we don't see this. We don't see the, 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 the human part of a lot of these people, like a lot of the police over in America, that are, that are, um, you know, like um, oh, we're all human. But there, but there are people who are like in these protests. There are some yeah. police that are turning around and taking this their stuff off and walking with the protesters because they've had enough as well. Yeah. And they know what's right and what's wrong for them anyway. Yeah. So, so the, the the thing is, in regards to being a, 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 a monster, I think every single person on the face, the Bible says that the heart is the heart is the most deceitful thing. Yeah. The heart of man is, is the most deceitful. And, and you're right, you probably would stand at the, as a guard at Auschwitz because people do terrible things, even though when you get them, when you get people on their own, this is yeah. a lot of sociology sort of stuff, people on their own are often quite nice quite people. But once you're in a once group, you're in the group yeah. you become something well, else. Again, this is my life's sort of mission. Is I've definitely got the potential to be quite horrible to us. Absolutely. But. I recognise that in myself, and I try not to be. Yes. I try to be the best best person I can be. Yeah. But it's not my most favourite term. But anyway. Yeah. But well, I've said it. I've said it myself. But it's just something I saw something just recently, where where someone 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 of quite quite some education said if they hear someone say that one more time. What's that? I just want to be the, the best of my, the, be the better well, self of what I can be, or something a, like that. It's a, it's a Jordan Peterson sort of thing, you know. Like, yeah, I understand the concept, who, 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 and can, I don't disagree. Who can you be? Oh, and I'm not, obviously and I, a thinking person. Well, again, that's an assumption. Um, let, let's just say that there are people who, like us who want to be better. Yes. Who, who aim to try and be better. When I lose my nut, yes. which I do sometimes, and it's usually not at people, believe it or not, it's usually when I'm trying to do something. Mm. And I can't get it done, or I don't have the right tools, or something. Yeah. I lose my nut, and I hate losing my nut because mm. when I lose my nut, I lose my nut. Mm. I usually, I usually have to get more, go buy more tools to fix up what I've broken. <laughs> yeah, but you know. Mm. Well, one of the things I'm developing. Um, oh, that's a nice team, mate. Yes, beautiful. Um, so, what are you developing at the moment? I've still got some things I want to talk about that you've mentioned. Well, I'm going to plug my business now. So, I've been having conversations with, um, let's say, some people that are influential around Townsville. And what they've been saying is that there's some anger management courses 
that men turn up to and the effect is, is that they're made to feel bad for being a man. So part of my business at the moment is I'm developing a anger management course that mm. accepts men, you know, that we can make mistakes, but you're not a bad man. Um, and I'm aiming to give you the tools to be in better control of your anger, but you know, but you are going to get angry. Um, anger is normal. Anger is normal. Anger, anger is a valid human anger emotion. Anger is normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it's, it's so again, blind plug, so plug to my, for my uh, business is starting to 2022, that Epic Psychotherapy will be offering um, anger management courses um, for people in need, yep. where your anger will be accepted as a normal human emotion. Well, this. However, you won't be made to feel that you're a bad person. Sure, you might have done bad things, uh-huh. but that does not make uh-huh. it isolation like, of behaviour. Yeah. Yes. Well, the divinity of the soul. It's how it's how we should be raised. Yeah. It's how we should be raised. Too many too many people, and this is something I've learned as a parent, and I've I've had to learn a lot. And you know what? The irony of it all is, is that now my children are actually all in their thirties, and one of them is, <laughs> one of them is actually forty one. Yes. Um, I've actually I'm learning more as a parent now. That, that I wish I had I had that knowledge when I was actually raising my children. Yeah. And, and, and one, of, one of the things is your isolation of, of your behaviour is how we all should be brought up where, where we do things that are not nice. Yes. But doesn't mean we're not nice. No. So, we are divine. Yeah, so, so we're... we're um, thank you. Um, we're... Uh, you know, so, so little Johnny or whatever does something wrong... You, you, you give Johnny a hug and you go, look, I love you, Johnny, you know, but what you've done is something that we, you know, rather you didn't do or don't do because that's, that's blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But you yourself, you affirm. Yes. You know, so I don't, I don't know how many kids get that, mate. Well, you know, in my practice, you know, um, so much damage is done in childhood. And it, and well, you and I work... Yes, you I know. Broken and people every day. I know, and it's, it's you know? horrible. And then I got, and then I have to deal with broken people like you. Oh yes, well, oh, I am a broken no. person. Every usually, usually a lot of um, therapists and and, and oh and yeah, come from that background. Trust me, I've got my own. Yes, issues. we all do, but we all do. Yeah, to some degree, yeah. to some degree, and some of it's not terrible, like horrible. I mean, my mine, I've got issues. Yeah. that go back to when I was a kid. Yeah, but. And, and I don't mean to minimise my own issues, but compared to some people, oh, gosh. some of the stories oh, that no, I've heard, no. holy crap, my, my, mine's some in, in, insignificant little spot way down there somewhere, but it still affects me. Mm-hmm. It still oh, affects yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so... Well, sometimes I work on, on in tears, listening to people's stories and the tragedy and the malevolence that they've had to suffer, and it's just awful. Yep. And it's like, hell. And do you know what makes it hard? For for me and and I don't know about for you. I mean, you're a man. Um, it's it ma- it makes it hard because a lot of the times it's men that are the perpetrators. Yeah, and as a, a man, I, I must admit sometimes I feel a bit embarrassed to be a man. Okay. I try to work through that. Yes. But um, it, well, it, it can be hard sometimes. There are negative aspects of masculinity, and um, mm. we need to work through the worst of those. Let's say. Um, and I'm a man too, and. Again, I've got my own issues, so, you know, and, well, 
bearing your cross and trying to stumble uphill. This, this is one of the things I end up in my practice is, you know, like I'm not a Christian, I do not identify as a Christian, but I've got a great respect for Christ. I've got a great respect for... John 14, 6, mate. Yep. The, the, well, the Christian ethos. John 14, 6. Yeah. I've got a tattoo here. Yeah. I've got about five scriptures up there. Yeah. So... You know, quote, quote the scripture to I us. can quote it for you, but I want to put it in context. Sure. I have a lot of friends, you're one of them, who, who um, respect Jesus and, and don't um, talk... Don't do the usual African religion bullshit, whatever, blah, blah, yeah. blah, like you get from people who, who obviously have no idea what, what it's all about. And I say, I say that, I don't, mean, I don't say that to be, to be mean, mm. but honestly, it's, it's, it's people who, who just brush it off because that's what suits them because they don't really want to think about it. Because what I'm about to say causes people some discomfort. Yes. Oh, okay. John 14, 6, John the, um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John, yes. Um, Jesus is forever being trying to be. The Pharisees are forever trying to trick Jesus right. into saying something that will be blasphemy. Yes, and so they're they're pushing him and pushing him about who, who is he and all this sort of stuff. So and he, he says he says I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except, except through, through me. Yes. So you can have all the respect for Jesus that you want. You can have all the respect yeah. for the Bible and the history. All want none of it's going to matter unless jesus is that central part of your life where yeah. you understand who he is and well, you accept that and that and that I, i'm I, just going on what scripture says yes okay i've done that and i've got i've entered into an amazing relationship which i can't put in words to people mm. to try and explain to them when, when you say oh you've got a relationship with jesus well, what are you what, 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 what do you want what sort of medication do you take i've got a relationship with jesus and it's Kind of difficult, um, and this yeah. this brings me to that point of I've yeah. I'm exercising my right to inner peace. Yes, it's not about sitting cross-legged and going with my hands up in the air, going um or anything like that. And I'm not disrespecting that, but but going on John fourteen six, there is no other way. Was it Jacob that became Israel after no, the night No, God? it was. You know, I only just read this. I only just read this. Was it? Would have been Jacob, actually. But God changed him. God changed his name. Changed to Israel. To Israel. He who wrestles with God. Yeah. Because I think, I think it might have. It might have been Jacob. You know, because he did wrestle with God be, physically. Be, because that, that, that's from a metaphorical point of view where I see myself now. Is you're wrestling. I'm wrestling. You know, hey. and, and as, as you know, you know, from my history in judo and jiu-jitsu, mm. and I'm a wrestler. And I really wrestle with God, you know. I, I don't know what faith is. And you've, you've got faith. I'm not sure I do. Yeah. Do you, do, okay. Okay. And that's my problem. It's. It's. I, would well, love I to think. Have faith. I think you do. Yeah. Okay. Faith is a many many faceted perspective on, on, on you know you can you can have faith in in, in your car. You know, I'm going to go for a trip to Brisbane. My, my car's in good work. condition. Yeah. I have faith that it's going to get me there. So there's all different levels. And yes. then we have faith. The ultimate level of faith to me is when, is when we put our faith of our soul into God's hands. Mm. So that's a pretty ultimate sort of faith. But, I, but I, I find a lot of peace in that. A lot of peace. 
matter of fact, yeah. outer world peace. And this is where I'm jealous of you. Because to have that faith, I think my life would be much better. But I can't manufacture it. I can't just decide to have faith. There's the problem. Yeah. It, we've had this conversation. Yeah, I know before. we've had this conversation before. Because that is the problem. You try to make you like to make things happen the way you want them. Yes. So And there's nothing wrong with that, but that but that could be a bit of a stumbling block to this. So, okay, so, so, so let me just sort of so I'm working working my way through this is I don't have I don't see myself as having faith, but I've got a great admiration for Christianity and the Christian ethos. Mm-hmm. And I definitely believe I act as if there is a God. Mm-hmm. But what is an as if statement other than a statement of faith? So this is where I'm in trouble. On one level, on my very intellectual sort of analytical level, I would deny having faith. But on another level, at a level I can't describe, I act, I behave as if there is a God as if there is a father that's judging me and that I am hopefully meek before. There is so, a God that's not only just judging you, but loving you. Yeah. And that's, well, that's the key. At the moment, that's the key. The judgment's coming. Okay? For those who believe in, for those who do have faith in God in the Bible, the judgment is coming. My, my wife and I were only just talking about this this morning. Seriously. Sure, sure, sure. We were talking about how when, when Jesus came the first time, well, you tell me, when Jesus came the first time, what did he come as? A man. Yes, he came as a man. And his purpose was? Well, to suffer for our sins. That's right. To suffer for our sins, to give us a way out. And that's the word, the way. You know, and again, right. in Buddhism, they talk about the way. Mm-hmm. But Jesus Jesus came to give us a way out. So he became a, he, he became our sacrifice. Yes. All right. So that's what he came. He came as the lamb. He was represented as a lamb because back in those days, as you know, the lamb was often yeah. was slit and sacrificed. And so, yeah. and so the for the one, the final sacrifice. No more lambs to be sacrificed. Jesus came as the final lamb, the sacrifice to, to, to give us a way out. So, the second time that he comes, and I was just talking to Marie this morning about. I wonder what. I think Christians are even going to be surprised, very surprised, mm. when we actually see Christ when he comes because he's not going to be that soft lamb. He is coming as more, the judge. Yes, more like the... Um, he is coming as a king. Revelations. In Revelations, we're talking about someone whose so, who countenance is so bright, we can't even look. Yes. We struggle to look at him. His, his eyes are like fire. And out of his mouth comes the two-edged sword, and and he got. You know, I mean, this is we're talking about. We're talking about something that we don't comprehend. We we as in human beings have been raised to believe in this dead person hanging on a cross. You know, you see a lot of religions that well, Jesus yeah. isn't hanging on the cross. He's he's been resurrected and raised, and now sits at the right hand side of the Father. He's the creator of all things, and all things were created for him. Look at me go, Evan. <laughs> You know, it's my love but this, brother. but this is this is what's going to this this is who is going to come. It isn't going to be some little lamb going. Oh, it's okay. This is, I'm here now to judge you for your for for your, the life that you've been you've been freely given the opportunity to accept me. You've and here's all the opportunities that you had. I, I believe there's going to be 
it's like in court, you know, when you stand in court yeah. and, and you go, oh, but, but no one told me. And then all of a sudden there's a little screen comes up and says, and it shows a, a thing where, where someone on the street's going, oh, can I t- tell you a bit about um, Jesus? And you go, no, no, Nick off. I, got nothing, I don't want nothing to do with him. It's like the Peter, Peter denying Christ three times. Yes. You know, we'll all sit back and go, oh, I didn't know, I didn't know. Because you have self-interest. But in fact, you did know, you know. And so for me, for me, believing in Christ is, is easy. Believing in the in, in the history is it? There's more. There's more historical evidence. Oh, speaking of good movies. Okay, the case for Christ. Mm-hmm. St- story of an actual atheist whose wife became a Christian. Yeah. And he was an investigative journalist. And I can tell you now from reading books from investigative journalists, and I'm, I'm assuming you have you're a big reader, way bigger reader than what I am. But I've investigative journalists. If they. Most of them are very, very thorough. But, well, okay. You didn't see that. Evan's yeah. sort of like, mm, yeah, yeah no. well, mm. well, let's just say that... Depends th- on the journalist. This guy is. Okay, um, cool. And, and tr- truth doesn't... Tr- truth, you don't make up your own truth to make a good story. You actually stick to the truth. Okay, that's, that's one of and, my problems. And, well, this, this, this movie is about a guy. It's called The Case for Christ... It is from an atheist perspective of how his wife becomes a Christian and he can't deal with it. He, he's, 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 he's to the point of absolute anger, to the point where his marriage is, 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 is on the rocks and he's struggling. Yeah. And so this guy where he works, he works at a newspaper, and this guy says basically, why don't you stop your whinging and go find out. Do the investigation. Find out. He said, I'll, I'll bet if you investigate, he said, this guy's a Christian. He said, I'll bet that if you put all the effort and that in that you're going about whinging about this whole thing, mm. you'll find that you might just be in for a bit of a surprise. So he went, ah, oh, okay, a bit of a challenge. So he took up the challenge and he went through the process of looking at all the evidence and he came up with a conclusion. He's now born again Christian. He's now a pastor. He came up with the conclusion that there is more actual evidence according to how we, our humans, when we're talking about Pontius Pilate, when we're talking about King Herod, when we're talking about the Egyptians, when we're talking about how we, how we put our history together, there is more evidence, like something like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds more evidence that Jesus Christ is who he says he is hmm. than any other historical thing that we'll run around going as a fact. Hmm. But when it comes to Jesus, we go, ah, oh, yeah, it's just fairy tale. See, I'm pushing back on you. You push back all you want, mate. Because I, I have a great respect for fairy tales. You know, there's a lot of truth in them. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's where they come from, and they end up becoming fairy tales. Because well, I, you oh, know, excuse me, as much as I'm really. See, he thought he was pushing back on me. <laughs> Carl Jung. By the way, it's not a good saying. Hmm. Pushing back anyway. Well, the mysticism of Carl Jung, and mm. the reason why, as a therapist, um, Carl Jung is most influential on me is he leaves room for mysticism and God. And one of the things, you know, like we were talking about scientific, scientific, this, scientific, that, scientific earlier. Yeah, I didn't. Know, I didn't say it like that, but anyway. yeah, no, I said yeah. it like that. Yeah, but. We're, we've forgotten about the important mythology and, and having something being mythologically correct. You know, we, we, we treat myth disrespectfully, you know, in our contemporary society. We don't, we don't um, look at myth. No, it's and pr- think, probably, 
you've got a good point. I think the the the, the more sort of uh, intellectual I think we think we are, yeah, we lose a lot mm. in that in that thing because we think. We, we think there's a lot it's a lot more airy fairy than, than yes and they dismiss fairy tales as a <laughs> what a children's story <laughs> you know you, have you looked into the, the true, true stories of a lot of our nursery rhymes and stuff oh yeah Brothers Grimm yep yeah. yep you know trust me I'm a union all the different um, um, something about we all fall down that's something yeah. about the black plague no, um, yeah that's about the you know the, the, yeah the black death a tissue a tissue we all fall yeah it's all about yeah, yeah the, the people death. dying the black death yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of this a lot of these things come from factual things and well, they've folklored or whatever the right term is into song and into so I have chickens do you? yes I have chickens I have too yeah and since I've become a chicken you know mm-hmm. well a chicken carer let's say not owner it's how when you own another animal <laughs> Anyway, since I've been taking care of chickens, mm. all these sort of metaphors about chickens mm. just make perfect sense. No, but not only metaphorically, but literally, one bad egg. Because I've been in the incubator, I've had one bad egg, and then all the other eggs around it die. So, so you see the effect of one bad egg on mm. the others. Mm. Um, or one bad apple on the tree. Well, I mean, don't, it probably, don't, doesn't, don't, it probably doesn't have the same effect, but yeah, but don't but, count your chickens before you ha- before, before they, they hatch. hatch. That's right. And I can see the wisdom of all these old sayings and how they're a metaphor for life, mm. but they're also literally correct. And why they'd be so understandable for our ancestors who also kept chickens. Um, so again, now getting back to fairy tales and the importance mythologically of um, Cinderella, let's say. You know, so she's a woman, you know, who was probably very focused on her career. You know, and she was blind. She was asleep to the um, power of her own femininity because she was so focused on her career and other stuff that was going on in her life. And then she gets into her sort of mid-30s and she's like, I'm awake. I don't, you know, and I've seen this happen with many women in my own life. You know, because I'm old enough now. You know, you speak to them in their sort of late teens, early twenties. Oh, I'm never having children. Mm-hmm. Never having children. Yeah. And then, how many you got now? Four. Four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, so I've seen that effect over time, and that's a Cinderella story. You know, she, she's a she's asleep to her, her own femininity, and you know, and the archetype of the mother within her, and then suddenly. You know, in her late 20s or early 30s, she wakes up Mm. and she's like, all this career stuff, it's not fulfilling me. I need something else. Mm. I need a child. And, but they were blind to this or they were asleep to it before. So, you know, again, there's wisdom in these fairy tales. Mm. So so being the Jungian I am... (sighs) I've got great respect for sort of mythology as a way of knowing and these myths and these fairy tales and as ways of understanding the world. Um, well, that's so, good. Yeah. That's good. But I look at, um, you know, the Bible. The, look at the Bible. It's such a fantastic book about psychology and how to be in the world. You know, and I've made this point here before. You know, is it... Don't overthink it. Well, Evan. you know me. I, because... You're not the only one to, let's say, accuse me of the crime of thinking stuff. The one thing that I'm learning more and more and more about 
God, the Bible, and everything is that it's all about, believe it or not, it's actually all about Jesus. You know, you read, read John, read John. It's the most amazing book of, of just of, of who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. And, and look, the, bot, the bottom line is that's what it's all about. I've always said to people when they argue in religion, people who argue religion about different faiths and different, oh, yeah. different things, and I go, look, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, what, what is religion the bottom is the line? Religion is the cause of all wars, Yeah, but what is the bottom line? We've got, we've got to look at the bottom, what is the bottom line that we've got to look at in regards to, if I stand before God and say, oh, but God, you know, I, I, might, not have, I might not have accepted Jesus like, like this, but because of my beliefs of this and this and this, and he'll go, well, that's... You know, you haven't, you didn't listen. Hmm. You know, John three three, Jesus is talking to a Pharisee. This Pharisee comes to him at night yeah. because he's he's a Pharisee, and the Pharisees yeah. are some, of the Sanhedrin or whatever it's called, and they're 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 um, of the old um, Judaism type hmm. thing. And and this this guy's coming along. He's he's a he's a blasphemer. He's he's actually saying like he's actually like God. So anyway, Nic- Nicodemus has got the curiosity up and he wants to ask questions. Hmm. You could call Nicodemus Stephen. You could call him Stephen Bennett because he's curious. He wants, he's asking, asking questions. So he goes to the source. He goes to Jesus and says, what, what, what's, what's the go? Well, who are you? What, what, what must I do? And Jesus says, well, you, you, you must be born again. Hmm. See, I, 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 I always have a bit of a... Head, head spin when I hear people go, those bloody born againers, you know, I'm a Christian or I'm a Catholic or I'm a whatever, but those born againers, I only mention Catholic because I have had Catholics say this, mm. those, oh, those born again ones, you watch out for them, they're blooming crazy. <laughs> Jesus himself in John 3 3 said to a Pharisee, You must be born again. Nicodemus, being, a, being an older gentleman, says, How can I back, go back into my mother's womb? Because he's thinking physically. Mm. How can I go back into my mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus says, I'm not talking about born again of the body, body born yes, again of the spirit. spirit. Yeah, I you get see? that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I fully get that. And I had that experience, and I had it a long time ago. Mm. And and, um, and I've watched people go through it, you know, the people that really say they were drinking and doing other stuff that might be considered sinful. And, um, you know, the conversion to becoming born again, let's say, Tends to be entirely positive in their life. Absolutely. Can I just can I just say something too? When you, you, can when say, you say when you want. Well, when you when well it's it's it's. I'd like I'd like to put talking about myths. I'd like to dispel. Is that the right word? A, a certain myth about about religion and Christianity is that. Let, let me just say right now, Christians are not perfect. No. If you are going to look to go to a church that is not hypocritical. That, that does not have sinful people in it, mm. does not have issues, then you're never going to go to a church. You're, ne- you're never going to find a church. Because I can tell you right now that, that I, I'm, as, I'm as big a sinner as anyone. All right? Doesn't, I'm not saying I go around and do certain things, but sin is sin. Mm. And I am far from perfect, but the one I believe in is perfect and he helps, he's, he's the one that yeah. stands between me and God. On judgment day, when, when God comes as the judge, it'll be Christ that stands in the path when, when, when I step up or when other Christians step who believe in Christ because he's the one that, that we believe in to, to take away. So even though we still do 
we still do bad things. We still do things we shouldn't do. Read, read, the, read, the, uh, read Paul's letters in um, Romans and Corinthians where he talks about we do the things that we don't want to do and we don't do the things we want to do. Why? Because we have a sinful nature that we fight against every day. You know the Bible says take up your cross every day. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Take yeah. up your cross every day. It doesn't say Start do it before. once a week, yeah. once a month, once a year. Yeah. Every single day, a Christian has to take up the cross of sticking strong to his to to his or her convictions, and it can be hard, and we don't always succeed. Yeah. But fortunately, we have Christ that we can go to, and yeah. ask for forgiveness and say, "Hey, just like a little kid comes up to daddy, just like one of your children does something wrong and comes up to you and gives you a hug, <laughs> and you go, come here.' You love that child. I love the child. You man. love that child. No, no, that's right. That's my child. Perfect example. Perfect example. You love that child more than anything, but they've done something wrong, hmm. and they will continue to do something. You think they'll do something wrong tomorrow? Potentially, I'm cursed with bad children. <laughs> From the perspective that... Is that my, something to do with the father? <laughs> my children never do anything wrong. <laughs> my children are so much better people than I was. <laughs> well, you might be doing something right. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> anyway. I anyway, to... I, we can, we can, I could talk about this stuff all day, mate. Yeah, I, don't, do. I don't know how long we're going. Um, well, I just want to ask you something. Mm-hmm. You know, we've mentioned Jordan B. Peterson um, already. GP. Mm-hmm. Do you accept his um, concept of sin, you know, being an archery term, is when you miss the mark? You know, I'm sure you've heard it. What, what do you make of that? Oh, I, don't know if I don't know if I've heard him say it. To, to sin is to miss the mark. You know, it's an uh, archery no, Do you know what? <sighs> it's to not be all Every single one of us missed the mark. Oh, yeah. That's why Christ came. Hmm. Because there needed something needed to be done on a holistic point of view, a whole world point of view, and that's why Christ came. Because we all miss the mark. The, the Bible actually says that that, that um, we, our heart is of like filthy rags. Mm-hmm. We, we are despicable. If you, you said yourself that you'd easily stand at the gates of Oswick's and be a guard, you know, watch people probably. die, or probably shoot them, or do you just do what you were told? You said it. Yeah. Oh, you know, we, we miss the mark. We all miss the mark. And, that, and that, I, 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 didn't, I didn't wake up one day and think, I'm a terrible sinner, I need to go and accept Jesus. No, I heard about Jesus. I, I, I heard about this incredible um, inner thing, that, that, that peace or whatever you want to hit, that, that, that comes from, from knowing Christ. Trust, trust me, if you, want a, if you want a tough life, accept Jesus. Oh, yeah. yeah. You want a, you want a, there's nothing in the Bible where Jesus says, come and follow me and everything will be rosy. No. He says, the world hates me, they are going to hate you. The world persecutes me. They're going to persecute you. Every single one of the apostles was killed. Some, some quite not nicely. I mean, probably none of them are nicely, but you know what I mean. Like, that, some, some were crucified. Some, some, you know, crucified up, upside down. Well, it was Peter. Actually, mm. I think there was two of them that, that, mm. that died that way. Peter said he, he didn't want to. He wasn't worthy of. Oh, my, oh, under, my understanding. The myth is. The same way, yes. yes, exactly. Jesus, exactly. Um, interesting story. Don't know how true it is. It could be a myth. John, John, the, the one that actually wrote Revelation, not John the Baptist, yep. but John, yep. um, he was, he was um, apparently they tried to boil him to death. Now, I don't know what went wrong or what can go wrong with boiling someone to death. You stick them in boiling water or something and they die. So I don't know what went wrong, but it didn't work. So they exiled him to the, to the island called Patmos. And that's where he, that's where he got a vision from the Lord 
to and he wrote Revelation. Mm-hmm. So he was taken up in this vision and saw all these things, and he and that's where the book of Revelation, how the book of Revelation was written by John. This is the, this is the guy that um, they tried to boil to death and and, and somehow failed. Mm. So I'm not sure about. It. Anyway, that's just what I heard. I don't I don't I haven't actually read any historical stuff to prove it, but yeah, just very interesting. Um, so. For me, being, being a Christian is, is more um, tapping into that wonderful inner peace that Jesus promises. You know, I come to give you life and I come to give you more abundantly. A lot of people misinterpret that. A lot of people get on the, the, do, the dollar thing. You know, the, the preachers that, that go, you give, me, you give me $10 and God's going to bless you with, with hundreds more. And so people pour in all their money, you know, into these prosperity preachers, they're called. Mm. You know, because, because God's come to give, Jesus came to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. So you can, have, you can own your jet and you can own your cars and all you've got to do is give me money. And, and that's, you're putting money into the kingdom and all this sort of false teaching. Because when, when everything about this world, well, everything about this world, Jesus is is um, is not interested in. Mm. He's interested in you, Evan. He's interested in me. He's not interested in, in anything to do with the world. When he talks about giving you life and life abundantly, we're talking about in in the um, when we actually step into the real eternity of life, which is coming. See, here's where. I think you can create a form of heaven on earth, you know, by, you know, that's, that was the inner peace you were describing earlier. There's you know, nothing on this earth, sorry to interrupt, but there's yeah. nothing on this earth that gives me any peace besides what I get from Christ. It's a different mm. level. Yes, I get peace. I, I, I'm in a lovely marriage. Yeah. You know, I've, I've a really good relationship with my, with my wife. I'd like to think I've got a good relationship with my, with my children. You know, they, they are their own people. We're talking, you know, my, my oldest daughter's 41. Mm. You know, I mean, I, I could talk to her about Christ till the cows come home. She, she understands all that stuff. She understands where I'm coming from. But like, like we are talking about earlier, people need to make their own choices. I wish, as a parent, I wish that all my children, you know, accepted Christ and, and, and followed, followed that teaching. It would be, their lives would be so much better. Everyone's lives would be so much better. Trust me, your life will be so much better because you, you, you're dealing with your inner self. You're dealing with stuff that's really important to your to your health and to your security and to to the love that you have for yourself. It's the inner stuff, the stuff of the world. Nothing. Mm. Ha, ha, have ten cars. Have you know, like um, uh, Stephen Seagal apparently has a million dollars worth of guitars. You know, and I saw the collection. It's amazing. You know, I'm a guitarist. You know, it's 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 his collection is incredible, and he's got some guitars that are like valued at whatever stupid amount of money. But that's not, you know, it, it, you sit back and you go, oh, look at my guitar collection. Does it make him a great guitarist? <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> ben Harper. You've heard of Ben Harper? Oh, vaguely, yes. He's a, he's a blues guitarist. Yeah. <laughs> and I, just recently I heard him say, or I read, where yeah. he said, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a guitar player, mm. not a guitar collector. Mm. <laughs> and I just thought... Oh, nail on the head, bang. The amount of people that go, oh, come and check out my collection. I've got this and I've got this. But can you play it? Oh, yeah, I know a few chords. <laughs> I'll qualify this. Steve's an outstanding guitarist. Oh, thank you. Oh, look, I'm... I'm not, but thank you. But... But I compare myself to, to real guitarists. 
All right. You know, I'm, so, I'm, I'm, I'm yet, I get by. Yeah. I so, get by. So, so the pub, you know, um, I do play around town. I can play guitar, but it's, yeah, I'm... The events I've been to you, I've had such a good time. Yeah, thanks, man. And, you know, it's such a special talent to be good at music. Thank you. Um, it's good It's good fun. No, and again, I'm, it's something I'm kind of jealous of, you know, because I'm, I'm a great lover of music. Don't be jealous. Mm. There's so many attributes about you that I, that I would love to have. <laughs> well, yeah. You've got some good drive, mate. You've got some good passion and stuff, mm. you know, that, that, that um, I see, you know. And, uh, and you've got, like, your judo... Or whatever it is yeah, that you, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, I, I used to do that as a kid, mm. so I, I respect that, and um, it's, it's that sort of thing. It's probably something I wish I continued with, but because I went down a different path with music and like, oh, like my boat trailer blew a tire yeah. on Sunday, and I had to leave it down at Riverway in the, underneath the trees, and then all yesterday, all day. I was down there trying to fix it because you, the minute we got the wheel off, then we realised there was something else broken. Ah. The, the the springs had broken. Then we had to get them off, and then you know it was just this one. And a oh, friend a friend of mine, Aldo, came and helped us at three o'clock in the afternoon when he finished work. And if it wasn't for him, we we probably wouldn't have got it. What wouldn't have got it done? I learned so much just from standing back and watching him. I'm now going to do the other side because we put new springs on. Yeah. So it's no good putting springs on one side. So we're going to put the other springs. You know. But the, the the point the point I'm making is that there are we all have our own skills. Oh yeah. I am I am I am I say to people, oh, you you work you come work on my car, I'll I'll teach you guitar. Yeah. <laughs> because I have no idea about cars, and they'll say, well, I've got no idea about guitars. Bingo. Exactly. But you no, know, can you choose your interests? Can I choose my interests? Yeah. Or, can, or is that a blanket statement? You're talking to me. Well, or talking well this to is me? more of a I guess speaking to the listeners, you know, because. Well, you can. One of my skills, to be fair, is, you know, if we can do a fire, I can fuck you up. But it's not really a useful skill for me in life, being a mental health nurse. And I really enjoy this sort of wrestling. And But if I was to choose a skill, it wouldn't be that. You know, it's a completely redundant <laughs> But how did that come about? How did it come about in the first place? Um, you must have been attracted to that somewhere along the line, yeah, if that's what you put your focus and energy into. Well, you know, as a kid, you know, going back into my sort of um, story, mm. so I was bullied a lot. Didn't really like. Yeah, I know that story, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, when, when I could start training, I was absolutely determined I was never going to be physically dominated again. Mm. So, you know, turned up to the um, judo club. Was yeah. embarrassed for a very long time. How old were you? Oh god, I was 21, 22. Oh really? Yeah. I was ten. Yeah. I was sick of being bullied. Yeah. So from ten till twelve, it, that's all I did. From two years. Yeah. I did two years of judo. And do you know? Was that under Major John Hunt? No, um, I don't. I don't remember much about who it was under. It was at the. Yep. They call it the National Fitness Centre at the time. It was NFC. Yep. Across the road from Carmichael Fords. Okay. There's a big, big building across the road. It's um. They used, I don't know if they do it now, but they were playing indoor soccer. There used to be a gym in there. But there also, also used to be judo and stuff yeah. like that. And, um, but that, that took me, when I was 12, I went to high school. Mm. And I was, I was a skinny little kid, bullied, pushed around. And, the, and one day I snapped. And, mm. I, and I had a gang, a gang of kids that were just continually harassing me. Kids are horrible. And, and one of them was called Bradley. I remember, I remember him well. Yep. And um, so he, he, was this, he was like the weakest of the group. 
I didn't, I didn't pick him, he picked me. He kept, push, he, he kept bullying me because he had the other guys behind yep. him. Displacement. So I called him out and, I, and I, was, I just snapped. I just said, I've had enough. I said, righto, it's you and me, you and me. And I looked at all the other guys. Now these are bigger, bigger guys. And I said, this is between him and me, him and me, no one else. And, they, and, and, they, and so they agreed. They agreed, they went, yep, okay. So we oh. went out, this is at Town High, yep. so we went out into the paddock. Oh yeah, Town High alumni yes, as well. Yes, So when My it, we, son goes to Town High. Yep, we went out into the paddock, down the back. As and, he could have um, those days. Yep, and, and, and so him and I went for it. And um, he never laid a hand on me, and I just continued, thanks to my judo training, I continued to throw him um, all over the park. To the point where I actually did the one where they run at you and you, you roll over with your foot in their guts and you flip them. Oh, Tom and Argy. I even did that as the last one. That was the last one he couldn't take anymore. He hopped up and walked away in a big half. So I never, I never, I never actually hit him. Mm. He came at me every time he came at me. I, I, I did a judo move that threw him, yep. or flipped him, flipped him, or, or whatever. Used his own force. Yes. You know how it all works. Yes. And um, and that was just from just simple two years. Two years is still. I, got, I learned a lot. Yeah. And so I, I suppose the point I'm making is that I got to the point where I was just so sick of being bullied yep. that I took a stance. Well, and thank thank goodness for that little bit of little bit of education that I had in that, that art. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, I did a bit of taekwondo a bit later on in life. Yeah. A mate of mine, Norm Young. Yeah. Is what it was or is. Yeah. A um, taekwondo instructor. So I did a bit of that as well. So I learned a bit more about kicking. And punching. Yeah, but ma- ma- mainly for me kicking. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a I'm a soccer player, as yes. you know. Yes. <laughs> and. Um, I'm We've, not a soccer player. No, I, I know that as too. You know. Yeah, it's nothing like a rugby union player trying to play soccer. Yeah, that, that was funny. We we played we played soccer against each other. Yeah, and uh, was it was it a nurses thing a hospital? N- nurses, thing? you was, was, was the allied health was team. All different. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, that was fun. Oh, was. that was fun. You couldn't shut up. You just kept them nagging me. You just just arcing me up so bad. Honestly, call yourself a soccer player, Steve. Oh. Yes, scored more goals than you. But anyway. No, I don't know. <laughs> Set up more. Anyway, Maybe where were we? <laughs> hey, listen, I want to say something if I can. Sure. I don't know how, I don't know. Um, this is, just going back to COVID, All maybe right. is a good topic to finish. Certainly. Okay, now you just mentioned, you mentioned about ICU. Yep. Now, I've heard so many doctors, and there was a panel of yep. eight doctors ranging from, from G- G- GPs to immunologists to to on on the on the floor on the floor in the emergency doctors and one of those on the floor emergency doctors said that um and and, and every one of them agreed so this isn't just me watching okay, one doctor i'm just trying to i'm just trying to, i'm set i'm setting this the scene sure okay and these are not the only ones the no one should ever end up in icu with covid what we what we have not done Evan mm-hmm. is is in the, and and doctors are saying this is what we should have been doing all along is early treatment with things like ivermectin is it ivermectin is that what it's called I've got no idea yeah there's a it's, there's this it's a it's like a worming thing it oh. kills it kills parasites and you can use it with with animals but because because of what it does you know yourself that medicines can be used for many different types of purposes all right oh, I'm not a doctor I'm a diabetic. Yeah. And the, di- the, the diabetic medication I take is not only good for, for, for diabetes, it's good for my heart. Yeah, metformin. No, no. Oh, no? No, no. This is a, this is a, a new one that they add to the metformin. Oh. So, so I've actually got this new medication that yeah. does three things. One is you lose weight. 
Yes. One is it's really good for your heart and cardiologists are getting right onto it. And the other one is that it separates the sugar from your blood yeah. through your kidneys. Mm-hmm. And the sugar goes from your kidneys, it goes, your sugar goes to your bladder. Yes. So I'm, I'm off to the toilet every two and a half, two to two and a half hours. Well, you're down right here then. No, I'm getting there, trust me. <laughs> but my, my, my point is, is that, that these doctors are saying that, that if you go into ICU and end up on a ventilator, you've actually got 90% chance of dying okay. because it's not, it's not the right treatment. And yet that's what they've been doing to people because instead of going proper early treatment, They've just gone straight to a person. They take them into hospital. They get so bad, and, and they put them on a ventilator, and then they, 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 their lungs—it affects their lungs. And so, anyway, I'm just, I'm just making that point. This one doctor has treated yeah. over six thousand patients, early treatment patients that have come to emergency. Yep. None of them have died okay. because of early treatment, not freaking ventilators. So what? Yeah. So my point is. So what's the benefit for the government? for giving them the less than optimal care? That's a very good question. It's a very good question. What, why, is, why, is the, why is the world, why are the governments of the world, I'll give you the same question, why are the governments of the world telling us that everybody has to have a vaccination? I, 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 can, I, can, I can prove to you, show you, I can show you proof, again, this is, just, this is my research, and this is not unknown information, you probably know this, is that you have your first shot, you have your second shot, and then within a few months, your your efficacy for the for the um, virus is is plummets. Yeah, that's the. And then of course you have to go get a booster. That's right, and it just continues, and they'll just keep. And that is the normal way of a virus. Mm-hmm. Instead of encouraging people to to work on their immune system, which smashes, like I said, ninety nine point seven percent chance of, of you surviving if you get COVID. Yeah. All right. I'm. You're done. I can see it. Uh, yeah, no, look, he's done. He's, he's he's worn out. The old, old man Yaks got him sitting over there going, "Oh, I just can't take no. this." This guy just is so full of freaking knowledge and thinks he's so right and just. Oh, I'm just. I've just had enough. No, no, so, no. Dad and the kids are coming home. Want to finish? Oh, up that, that could kids that, that could do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, thank, thanks for having me, mate. No, no, this has been great, and I think. You know, this is pretty typical. Our com- this is pretty typical this, of our conversations. This is a conversation between seven. Yeah, yeah, pretty you much. Know, we don't stay in the shallows very long. We end up in the depths. <laughs> yeah, we can't help and, it. And you know, there's respect and love, um, as always, between the two of us. Ah, uh, well, there's love anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just a final plug for the business. So again, Epic Psychotherapy. I'm Evan. I'm the owner manager therapist. I don't know what I am, but. Um, if you need some talk therapy, give me a call on 0497 395 341 or just go onto the website at epicpsychotherapy.com.au. Lovely having you, Steve. Oh, mate, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and we'll, we'll do it again in a few months and see if we can get it. And can, if I can just um, say old man yakking? Last word. Last word, old man yakking. For those people who want to check out um, Kendon and my uh, YouTube channel. Ciao. Cheers, brother. see what Steve looks like. Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That'll be all right.